One of the biggest struggles that teachers are having with implementing artificial intelligence in their classroom is the fear that somehow using AI is going to make their jobs obsolete. The other is that they just don't know how to use it effectively. That's why I brought onto the show Ren Wang, who is the co-founder of HiLink, to kind of discuss this potential of AI in education, debunk some myths, and highlight how it's really set to support, not supplant, the irreplaceable human element of teaching. In this episode, we are going to discuss his inspiration behind creating HiLink and the critical role of data in personalized learning, envisioning a future where really technology kind of seamlessly integrates into educational environments to really offer bespoke learning experiences. We talk about his predictions on the future of AI in the classroom and the power of it in helping support educators. So if you're curious about how technology and AI like HiLink can kind of transform your teaching experience, streamline your workflow, and allow you to reclaim your passion for education, this episode is for you. So let's get into it. Hey, teacher friends, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, your one-stop shop for beating the teacher burnout cycle once and for all. Whether you're searching for inspiration, sustainable strategies, ways to reignite your passion for teaching, or just how to live your best teacher life without sacrificing your personal life, you are in the right place. No cookie cutter solutions here, just real raw experiences and tips from other teachers who've been there, done that to remind you, you are not alone. I'm Brittany, your host, a special educator at heart, instructional coach, mom slash bonus mom of five kids, and teacher burnout and sustainability strategist with my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize burnout prevention and recovery so that they can live a balanced, filling life inside and outside of the classroom. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, and discussing the hot topics in teacher burnout with other teachers so that you can transform your life from chaos to confidence. On this podcast, we believe in supporting and uplifting one another to heal the system from the inside out. So let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Hi, Ren. Welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Hi, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I absolutely love HiLink. And as one of the co-founders of HiLink, I would just love for you to share a little bit about how you got started creating such an amazing platform for teachers. Like what inspired this creation? Yeah, thank you so much. And Brittany, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's always great to um, just talk to teachers because really that's why my co-founder and I, we started HighLink to begin with is um, we really want to help teachers. And from a personal standpoint, I think it actually started out very, very long time ago when I was when I was a kid, I was always kind of told, hey, like education is the most powerful thing. You really have to, um, you know, value it. And my parents really instilled that in me from an early age. I remember my, my dad actually, when I was in first grade, he used to bike with me, like, you know, behind him on, on, on a bicycle for over an hour to take me to a slightly nicer school, um, than the one that was like near our house. And it's just stuff like that, that, um, it has always made me appreciate, you know, how, how much education really matters. And, you know, fast forward a little bit, I've made my career more in technology, more in building products to help people with 
um, you know, living better lives and getting more value um, from from the things that they do every day. But it's only recently that after I've had kids myself that I've really kind of come back to, hey, you know, look, appreciating how important education is and really appreciating how important teachers are and, you know, how um, teachers can really make a big difference in everyone's lives and in society. So um, I'm trying to take what I've learned, my experience in technology and apply that to, to education more. Um, so that teachers can have access to better tools. They can um, use those tools to teach better. They can use it to combat burnout. Um, all of those things are really, really important to us here at Highlink. And that's why we're building the platform. Yes, I absolutely love it. I have, have really taken a deep dive into it, found all of the value that you guys are providing. And I think one of the things that you mentioned, which is really cool, is that, you know, teachers don't have a whole lot of resources available to them. And you're kind of making that more accessible for teachers who may be in different types of districts where things are not as available for them, um, not as available for students. So it's really making that accessible for them. Um, I've shared Highlink, obviously, like on my social media, because I think it's, I think it's a fantastic platform. Um, I think it's, really supporting teachers through not getting burned out because it is kind of automating some of that, making what they do so much more impactful because we we know that teaching is more than just providing content, right? It's it's really instilling a love of learning. And so I have some teacher friends who are a little bit, I guess, apprehensive about maybe using artificial intelligence because I, I think they're afraid. They're afraid it's going to replace them. Um, in your view, how is AI kind of enabling them in the modern classroom rather than replacing them? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And um, I, I think it's, it's something that we're all hearing, right? I think AI has really just taken the world by storm. It's very natural to think about, oh, like, how is this going to completely change and upend everything? So it's a very understandable perspective. But I want to go back to actually something that you said, which is, helping instill a love of learning. I think that is really the key here is what is a teacher's job? You know, I, I would argue that it's not to, um, you know, build content or um, not to, you know, do a lot of administrative work and, you know, plan lessons and things like that. I think it is at the core exactly what you said. How do you um, create connection with students? How do you inspire students? How do you, you know, become that helping hand that really, um, you know, will change someone's life. And um, that's not something that AI is going to do at least anytime soon, right? That's not even something close to what AI can do today. So the way that we think of AI um, is that it's something that's designed to allow teachers to refocus on what makes them really good at their jobs, which is that human component. AI is going to be good at letting teachers um focus on the teaching because they're going to have more time if they don't have to do all this, you know, extra um, busy, you know, manual work, uh, all this extra administrative work. And I think if you, if you think like, when I think back to teachers that have made a big difference in my life, um, these are, you know, teachers, these are people that I remember, you know, they are the ones who um, asked me, you know, a specific question at the right time, or they're, you know, the people who, um, made me believe that I could do something that I didn't have, you know, faith in myself for. Like, I'm sure, you know, when people think back to teachers that made a difference in their lives, these are the types of experiences that they, they remember. They don't think of teachers as, oh, this teacher was really good at, you know, uh, 
giving me a test in their class or something like that, or right. you know, their content was really great. I, I really admire that. It's always about the human element. So um, yeah, AI is going to help teachers. It's going to really make teachers um, able to concentrate on the things that matter more. It's definitely not going to replace teachers and what they're good at. I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, even when it comes down to creativity, there are components of artificial intelligence that really enhance those more human characteristics, those that creativity piece, um, you know, being able to focus, like you said, on those more important pieces of teaching, like building those connections and um, establishing those relationships, which at the core of learning is part of that. Like if you don't have a good relationship with your students or the teacher, then you're not going to be learning as effectively. And so I, I love, I love what you said there. I love what you said. Um, so when it comes to saving time using artificial intelligence, we, we kind of touched on, you know, why AI, I think wasn't going to, you know, take over, um, in previous episodes, how it really just enhances that teaching. But, because you kind of helped create this platform for teachers, can you talk a little bit about what is the role in generative AI, maybe in instructional design, maybe some of the limitations that might be? A yeah, absolutely. So I think the most important thing to remember is that hey, AI is just a tool, right? Let's, let's treat it like what it is. It's a tool like anything else, like a computer, like the internet. Um, it's only as good and as powerful as the person who's using it, right? Um, you can give a really great tool to someone who doesn't know how to use it. They won't really get the full value out of it. Consequently, you can give a, um, you know, very simple tool, maybe something that's a little bit outdated even to someone who's really good at what they do and they'll make the most out of it. They'll use it and enhance what they're already good at. So I think in terms of instructional design, um, using AI, has to be looked at as, look, you have to have a vision of what you want and you use this tool to help you get there. So if you understand what is going to create a dynamic and engaging class and you have a, you know, that, that goal in mind, you can use AI to kind of do a little bit of the, you know, the content generation, but then you have to say, oh, like, what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? And then further kind of fine tune that, right? To get it to the place where you want it to go. If you just go to, you know, Highlink or ChatGPT or any other, you know, kind of generative AI tool, um, and you just take the first thing that it gives you, it's, it's going to be okay, right? But is it really what you needed? Um, you know, probably not, right? So you have to kind of give it a little bit more of that interaction. Like you have to tell it what else you want, or what I don't like, and edit it a little bit. Um, I think also a very important key is there's a lot of, um, like AI right now is, is not always perfectly accurate, right? There's sometimes where like, it's called hallucinations, like AI will actually generate false content. So mm -hmm. a really important part of this is actually the fact checking is making sure that it's giving you the right type of content as well. And again, that's a very human activity to be able to kind of say, oh, um, how do I make this more what I want and how to ensure that it's giving me the right content that I can, um, you know, have confidence and stand behind this when I, um, go and use this in my class. Yeah. Um, just because you mentioned that I have a kind of a workflow that I do. Do you have any workflow that you suggest for teachers when they're using generative AI to kind of fact check that? Is there something that you kind of recommend for that? Yeah. So, um, I, I think 
again, it comes down to if the if the teacher is an expert in the subject already, obviously, if there's something right. that they'll just be able to spot like, very, very easily, like, oh, that's, you know, either not going the right direction that I want, or, um, you know, that seems questionable. I've never heard that before. Like, let me, you know, look that up elsewhere. I think it's the same thing as, you know, when you're, when you're finding so- anything on the internet, it's like, don't take one source for, um, for, um, as, as the only source. Um, check it in a few different places. So I would recommend the same sort of workflow for, you know, anything that you do in AI. I think it's because it's so powerful. It's easy to just stay within an AI platform and say, Oh, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's you just move on to the next thing. And you've suddenly you've got all this content. And it's great, but it's important to step out of that bubble a little bit and say, okay, so in this section, um, here's some claims that maybe I want to read more about elsewhere and confirm that this data is accurate, or maybe there's some additional context I can give there. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. When I see something, I want to go and look straight to Google. Like I just type it in. Is that accurate? And then, you know, find more reputable sources, just as like how I tell my students to do. That's what I tell like teachers to do too. So I was curious if there was like a a workflow that you suggested. So that kind of follows with that. Um, I know that you've said before that data is really crucial for that next leap in learning outcomes. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a really interesting topic and kind of a, a personal passion point for me as well, because I think um, there's just so much more that we can do with data in the context of education. Um, and what I mean by that, so just give a little bit more kind of background and context. I think, you know, at the, at the very basic level, when you are, um, you know, for, for an organization that is maybe not well versed in how to use data, right? They're more concentrating on just doing the activity at hand, right? Um, teaching the class, doing the activity, you know, um, and maybe the data of what's going on, right? Just isn't being tracked at all. And that's, um, and that's too bad, right? Um, or, you know, if you get a little bit more mature about how to use data in education, now maybe you're using some tools to track the data, right? Maybe you're using like some quiz software or, you know, like an LMS, and suddenly you're starting to track, okay, I've got my assessment data, I've got, you know, student performance data, I've got, you know, their, their homework data, like, are they submitting it? You know, what's their scores? What's their grades? Okay, now you're starting to track a few more things. But there's still a problem there, which is you still have all this data living in different places. And it's, it's really hard to use that data. So oftentimes, even if it gets collected, it doesn't get um, looked at afterward and doesn't get used the yes. way that it can be. And a lot of these problems are due to, you know, these platforms not talking to each other or, you know, it's just, again, it's hard to use. So I think where we need to go as an industry directionally is get to a point where we're tracking more data and we're making that data kind of shareable and um, you know, letting these platforms talk to each other more so that we can use this wealth of data to kind of paint a more complete picture of the student. Yeah. And I think if we can do that, if we can um, paint a more complete picture of the student, then um, actually AI is going to come into play here because one, you know, there's two things that AI is really good at. One is um, alleviating some of that busy work. So teachers don't have to track everything manually, right? AI can kind of do that for you. And two, it's really, really good at analyzing huge pieces of data, like huge data sets. So if you can imagine, you've got all this data surrounding a student, 
uh, a teacher doesn't have time to just look at all that and review all of that before class, but AI can do that. And it can tell you specifically, okay, based on this profile of the student, based on where they're at, based on their previous performance, here's something I think could make a really big difference um, in terms of the next time you're interacting with the student. I think that is going to unlock um, some very, very personalized you know, types of teaching and, um, and really increase the, um, the speed at which you know, students can improve and um, you know, really make sure that all students are getting the experience and the direction that they need. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned that about how, you know, platforms don't talk to each other. That is something that um, teachers, re they really struggle with that. Um, I started looking for things a couple of years ago because I had some data in this location, some data in this location, and I actually had to create a way, I had to learn um, how to use Google Sheets and Excel to really be able to put all of that stuff together. But again, that was just one more step that was kind of taking away from my students. And so automating those types of tasks was huge for me and being able to get my students the growth that they deserved. And I'm really excited for what this kind of is moving towards with AI and being able to utilize AI for that kind of analysis and that sort of thing to really just merge those two things together. How does how does Highlink kind of utilize data to enhance learning or how might you guys use that in the future? Our belief at Highlink is that we need to provide a more comprehensive platform so that we can allow all that data to essentially live in one place. Mm -hmm. So really the the platform is designed to be used before class, during class, and after class. The before class components, which you're familiar with, Brittany, are more um, around you know lesson planning, around creating content for class, and just taking a lot of that busy work away from um, from teachers. But then that content is already designed to be used in our virtual classroom, which um, can be used for uh, e-learning, kind of virtual learning, as well as uh, inside a physical classroom as well. So the data then that is collected during the in-class component, like, you know, um, you know, anything from students raising their hands, participation in quizzes, um, you know, even how much they're talking during the class, things like that can all be captured. And then all of that data can be used to gen then generate a after-class um, summary, which is a, a feature that we're currently working on. So that summary can give the teachers like kind of a, a bite-sized component of, you know, if they want to look back on, oh, like, what did we cover in this class with the student specifically? Um, they can just quickly get that. They can even send that to parents if there's something that, um, you know, they want the student to work on more at home, et cetera. So, um, Again, all these things traditionally are done kind of in different platforms, different pieces of software. They don't talk to each other, but we want to create kind of an end-to-end -end workflow where teachers can, can plan, they can teach, and they can take all the data that they're gaining to then help them go in the right direction after class and even plan for the next class. So it all becomes kind of this loop at the end. So that's kind of what we're building towards. I am obsessed with the end piece because I am familiar with the before and the during class features that you guys have got going on. But that end component, that ability to then take that data and share it with parents or to share it with the student to get that student engagement piece or even to share that with other teachers or administrators, those types of things makes that so much more powerful. And that gets me so excited for those for those newer features to come out. That is that is really awesome. Um, 
How do you kind of envision the future of teacher-student interaction with the the you know continuous evolution of technology and education? How do you how do you think Highlink is going to kind of grow with this? Yeah, this is super fascinating, and I, I think you know nobody knows for sure, but I do have some theories just based on um, you know some existing evidence. For example, if you if you look at how teachers and students are using AI today, I think you can extrapolate a little bit into how that might evolve naturally. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, teachers today are experimenting with AI as a um, kind of a, a little bit of a shortcut. I mean that in a very good way, right? It's like now you don't have to spend tons and tons of time planning. For example, okay, AI can, you know, be my assistant. I can tell it what I want and it will, you know, deliver me, um, you know, mostly, you know, some good results that I still have to do a little bit of work on, but it saves me a ton of time that way. Um, for students, they're using it as an additional resource, right? I think, you know, some of that is, um, to the chagrin of, of, of educators because it's, uh, you know, it can be used unethically, right, for cheating mm-hmm. and things like that as well. But you know, from a uh, from a theoretical standpoint, it is an additional resource that st- students now have access to, whether whether we like it or not. Right. Um, so, how might those things kind of evolve together? Well, I think in the future, right, you if you supercharge those efforts, teachers will basically have this super assistant that's kind of like following them around and always around when they're you know planning or teaching. And the assistant can give them, you know, valuable cues. It can save them time and all those things. The student will essentially have kind of like this learning companion where AI is there to help them understand, hey, like, you know, here's, here's what um, you learned today. And maybe I can summarize that for you and help remind you. Or maybe I can be like a study partner for you when you want to go back and review the content, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, what's the role left for the teacher and student interaction there? And I think there's still a very, very crucial role. So if you think about, um, well, again, assistants are very good when you give them good instruction, but mm-hmm. teachers are still needed to be that leader, right? I think teachers will naturally fall into um, that role of, okay, I need to think more strategically about you know, what I want to teach, you know, where I want to go with the student, what, um, you know, kind of strategies I want to use with them. So they're, you know, they're going to be um, using that higher order of thinking, which is obviously much more valuable than just kind of writing stuff down or, you know, searching teachers pay teachers and things like right. that. <laughs> um, and, and I think um, for, for students, right, they will have this really powerful resource in that learning buddy or whatever you might want to call it. Um, but they still need good direction. They still need someone to push them in the right directions. Like, hey, you know, you have access to all this content, but um, what should you be looking at? How should you be interpreting it? How does this, um, you know, maybe inspire you to take the next step and um, in your learning journey? I think this, the teacher-student um, connection, in a way, will be more important than ever in that type of world. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's actually a school in Austin, Texas. It's a private school that is being um, in news articles, news headlines. It says there are no teachers. In fact, there are teachers, but they act more as a coach. And the students are being taught um, by artificial intelligence um, with more personalized learning, um, things like that. And I at first, when I read the headline, it freaked me out. (laughs) I was like, oh, goodness, like, teach there's no teachers but in fact there are they are just doing more of the human aspects of teaching and it's allowing them that opportunity 
to be that um, sounding board and um, just that coach in that situation. So I thought that was really cool that you even kind of brought that up because we already see, you know, some schools or at least one school that I know of um, kind of moving towards that and seeing how that works. Um, And I think it's really, I think it's really impactful to kind of think that we're going to see some learning that is happening at exponential speeds. Like we're going to see some things that are happening really, really quickly. And I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. Um, I think a lot of teachers kind of struggle with the idea of students using artificial intelligence. But at the end of the day, I think it's kind of our job to give our students that 21st century skill um, that they're going to grow up with. They're going to grow up with more artificial intelligence, more automation than ever before. And we'd be really doing them a disservice if we didn't allow them that opportunity. So um, I think it's really cool that you kind of brought that up. Um, I think my favorite thing about HighLink um, specifically is the fact that it, that it is always growing. It's a constantly adding more ways for teachers to save time, um, more ways to interact with students. Um, so can you share a little bit more where teachers can learn more about use cases, maybe where they can find you, um, where, they, where they can learn more? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it is, first of all, it's just very fulfilling to even be here on this podcast with you, to be talking with you and to hear you know, the great experiences that you're having. And, you know, we hear that from other teachers, and this is really the, the best part of our day is when we hear that, hey, we are providing value for teachers. And, um, you know, we've pro- we're trying to build more resources to help teachers get the most out of our, pl- out of our platform because, hey, at the end of the day, we want more teachers to use it. We want them to get more value out of the platform. Um, if you head over to highlink.co, we have a knowledge base that's built for teachers to get the most out of the platform as it is today. But... Um, I also want to just put out there like, hey, if you're using the platform, um, send us your thoughts, right? We have an email address. It's hello at highlink.co. We use it to basically take feedback from teachers. If there's something that you're trying to do on the platform that you can't figure out, you know, we're, we're here to help. We're, we want you to get that full value out of it. If there's something that you're trying to do just in your general teaching journey that we don't have, you know, something that can help you with that, we want to hear that too. Because, um, you know, if we, if we understand, you know, the pain points that you're having, we can potentially create, you know, new features in the future, um, that'll help you do more things and, you know, create that more complete journey for you. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to build the best tool for teachers. We can't do that without hearing directly from them. So I really would love to hear from, from anyone who has, um, ideas and thoughts. And if you want to connect with me personally, I'm, I'm happy to do that too. You can find me, um, you can search for me on, on LinkedIn, Ren Wang, HiLink, um, connect with me, send me your thoughts. I'm, I'm always happy to talk to teachers. Yeah. And so we'll put some of the links for that um, down in the show notes. That way everybody can go um, check out HighLink and um, go connect with you if they have questions or just want to bring some ideas to you. I know that there will definitely be some teachers in your inbox um, to share their experiences um, with you, their great experiences using HighLink. Um, but thank you so much, Ren, for being a part of the podcast and for you know sharing your experience and sharing your tools with teachers. Um, I just really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, same here, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.